Good morning, church. Good morning, Crossroads. Thank you for joining us today in person here in the building. And those of you watching online, uh, would you please stand and worship with us this morning, celebrating a God who does great things in our lives. Here we go. Come, let us worship our King. Come, let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how His love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain, oh God. You have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high, oh God. You have done great things. faithful through every storm. You'll be faithful forevermore. You have done great things. And I know you will do it again. For your promise is yes and amen. You will do great things. God, you do great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high, oh, God, you have done great things. Hallelujah, God, above it all, hallelujah, God, unshakable, hallelujah, you have done great things. Hallelujah, God, above it all. Hallelujah, God, unshakable. Hallelujah, you have done great things. You've done great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain, oh, God. You have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh, God, you have done great things. You have done great things. 
You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who cares. You're the only one who cares. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. Lord, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who cares. He's the only one. You're the only one who cares. You're the only one who cares. Come on, praise Him. Would you guys pray with me? Lord, we're in your we're in your house this morning, and Lord, we're, we're thinking about, Lord, your word that says that if anyone is in Christ, the old is gone, the new has come. They are a new creation. Lord, we're, we're standing on two feet this morning. We're sitting down. We're watching online. But, Lord, we're standing on the truth and the promise that all is in Jesus. And so we are brand new in you, Jesus. And so we're going to proclaim that truth this morning in your name. Amen. You guys can have a seat. Everybody alive in the house? Yeah. I love it all. All five of you. Is anybody alive this morning? Come on, people. Yeah. I love it. So a few things I want to share with you uh, that are coming up on the calendar here at Crossroads. One is this Wednesday is our Thanksgiving Eve service. So at 7 o'clock right here in the auditorium, we're going to have a time of song. We're going to have a time of, of, of testimony, of story, of, of stories of, of Thanksgiving and gratitude. And so uh, one thing we were just we've been talking about is you can't be angry and thankful. You can't be angry and, and grateful at the same time. And so as we give thanks and, and, and have a spirit of gratitude, just think about all that God has done. Um, so we're going to do that. And then we're going to have our uh, prepackaged communion, which I've been saying this like that's a wave of the future. that has nothing to do with the pandemic. It's just it's smart. So we're going to we're going to have that on Wednesday as we um, come to the table with the Lord um, and just uh, and, and commune with him. And so we're going to have that on Wednesday. And uh, the kids are going to be on stage, and it'll bless your heart, and it'll encourage you. So join us this Wednesday at 7. And then light the night. So this is something that, again, I, I feel like we're, we're picking up speed. We had our first uh, work day on Saturday, and we had a good group that showed up, and we started prepping. We started tearing things down. We started, you know, spray painting. My kids, I, I, I told my wife, I'm like, maybe we should just buy our, our kids a bunch of, like, pieces of plywood and spray paint. You know how, like, you buy this really big gift, and they play with the box? Like, my kids were so enthralled with spray paint. And yeah, and then their new clothes 
you know, were the result of that. Um, but it was a it was a great time. And what was cool about it was, you know, what we're going to do is we've been prepping. We've been making things like these stars and snowflakes they've been making out of coat hangers. It, it, yeah, it's it's very cool. Like it, I'm a Pinterest fail guy. You know, like anything that you've seen, you know, DIY, like I'm the fail part of that side. But um, we're going to decorate our whole parking lot on the 11th and 12th. We're going to have people come up, drive around. We're going to have a live nativity scene and just give people something to do to see the lights up here and to see the greatest light, which is Jesus Christ. And so um, if you can join us next Saturday is another work day and bring your kids. There's stuff for everybody to do. Um, you know, we're going to be decorating the parking lot, putting up lights. There's snow globes. There's literally anything you could possibly imagine. We're going to light up our hill and uh, tell people to come on the 11th and 12th. So stop and talk to Beth DePietro. She's got a table in the lobby. She wants to, to talk to you and get you signed up for that team. So our next workday is uh, next Saturday from 9 to 12. All of the workdays and more information is on our website. You can also stop by the Welcome Center. And then Christmas Eve, we have four services, one, three, five, and 7. So join us for Christmas Eve. We'll be here in the auditorium. We'll be online as well. And so if you have any more questions about any of those things, you can stop by the Welcome Center. We'll be sharing more details as the weeks go on. But we're looking forward to Christmas Eve and celebrating the greatest gift, which is Jesus. And so I want to show you a quick video from some of our missionaries, John and Bianca Fowler. So uh, my wife and I have known John for many years, and uh, they, they love Jesus. Their family is wonderful, and what they're doing in Panama is incredible. John uh, is the director of Word of Life in Panama. And so uh, they were here this week, and we had to make a short little video, and then we'll We'll share a few more things after this. Check out this video. Hello, Crossroads. We are the Fowler family, and we are serving in Panama. And we just wanted to give you a quick little update on the ministry and say thank you so much for your partnership in our ministry. Yeah, 2020 has been a really crazy year. But we've also seen, in spite of the challenges, many, many blessings uh, that have come about as a result of partnership with churches like Crossroads. And so we wanted to share with you guys briefly some of those highlights from our year. Uh, we'll have pictures to share with you, but uh, we can celebrate some of the great things that we've seen happen, even with the COVID pandemic, is the fact that we have unprecedented numbers of students from Panama preparing uh, for ministry at the Bible Institute from within Panama. We have around 60 students, Panamanians, that are preparing uh, for ministry in the country right now because they can't leave Panama. And uh, it's been a blessing to see those students getting ready for ministry that way. We also will celebrate the fact that we have seen people be extremely open to the gospel. When the pandemic started, we began an impromptu ministry of bringing groceries to families and homes of people that couldn't get out to get food. And in the process, sharing the gospel with those families. And we've seen things like we've never seen before. Families, whole families coming to Christ together. Um, you know, house after house, uh, receiving Christ and dedicating their lives to Jesus. And that's been amazing to see. All made possible by the Lord working through his people. So we are extremely grateful for your partnership. And in the future, we want to encourage you to stay tuned for updates that are coming from the ministry and from our family. Because we've got some big plans for what's going on with Word of Life Panama. We have plans to expand the property, to upgrade facilities, and to reach even more people with the gospel. So please keep us in your prayers and please keep us in your hearts as we look forward to the future of what God's going to do after this year. And Merry Christmas. Love that. We thank God for John and Bianca. 
So as you leave, please grab this. This is our, our list of missionaries and groups, and this is all part of the birthday gift of Jesus. So every year, um, above and beyond our tithes and offerings, we give to what's called the birthday gift of Jesus that blesses missionaries all over the world. And so make Jesus the one you give the most to this Christmas. Um, you know, make Jesus the number one priority. So please pray about your part. Our goal is 90,000, and here's where we're sitting right now is at about 8,000, so we can thank God for what is coming in, his exciting stuff. But please look over the list of these missionaries and these groups and pray over them. Pray about your part. Pray about how you can give. And then if you have any questions about these missionaries, we'd love to share more information. Uh, But you can also go on the front page of our website and you can read more about the birthday gift of Jesus. But please grab this list as you leave um, and uh, and begin to pray about your part. Would you guys pray with me? Lord, we love you and um, we're we're grateful to be here. Uh, Whether we're watching online, we'll watch this later on. We're here in the building. Um, Lord, we're... We're just humbled truly uh, to know that you're with us and and God as we uh, can continue on in, in worship and song Lord that I uh, pray that we would just begin to just really trust you to give you our all to let go and to um, To just to just begin to just understand that what what you're calling us to God you're, you're calling the church at large to be nimble to to not be um, Just trusting in in the world trusting in people trusting in man-made things but to be trusting evermore in you And so, Lord, push us, challenge us, push us to a greater sense of gratitude and thankfulness this morning as we lean into you. And, and Lord, I also want to just thank you for the faithfulness of your people as we we continue to give. Uh, Many have given online already. We'll give through the mail and other ways. And so, Lord, thank you for the faithfulness of your people as we continue to just trust you and lean into you every day as we, we tackle all that's going around us. But, Lord, we love you, and we are on a high because, Lord, you are in charge. And you're sitting on your throne. Nothing has changed. Uh, just this week, someone came up to the church and gave their lives, gave their life to you. Lord, we're sending out all these boxes all over the world to impact children. Lord, you are on the move. And this, this pandemic is nothing but a tiny speck, a blip on the, the radar for eternity. And so, Lord, thank you for that reminder this morning. We ask all things in Jesus' name. Amen. One, two. Who can be against me? 
For Jesus, there's nothing impossible for you. When all I see are the ashes, you see the beauty. Thank you, God. When all I see is the cross, God, you see the empty tomb. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh, God, the battle belongs to you. And every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. Oh, God, the battle belongs to you. Almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. In almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows, you win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. In Almighty Fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows, you win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. Whoa. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. Oh God. The battle belongs to you. And oh God, the battle belongs to you. Father, we uh, praise you here in this place. We sing to you. Remind us of the truth of that song. When we can't feel it, when we're having a hard time accepting it. Father, you gave your life and you gave us hope. May we not take that for granted. We love you. We thank you for your son, Jesus. Soften our hearts as we hear your word. In Jesus' name. Thank God this morning. What a great God he is. Amen. Our God is so good. 
He is so good. I hope you were excited today when you pulled in and you saw the truck out there, the U-Haul truck filled with Operation Christmas shoeboxes. All right. So I want to invite Deb Metcalf up. Uh, Deb has been our, our coordinator. Come on up, Deb. We appreciate you. And, uh, I, you know, Deb and Raj Metcalf have lived up here all week long. They have been like staff all week up here. Uh, they have been working harder than, than we have. They have been out there filling boxes. What is your latest count of boxes? We're over 800. Over 800 boxes. Can we thank God for that today, folks? Isn't that awesome? So we have, a, in addition to the boxes that you've been bringing in, we've been a drop-off location for other places. Other people have been bringing them from our community. And I thought, you know, as, uh, as we were going up here today, I thought, why don't we just stop and pause and dedicate all those boxes? You know, every box that you have brought in, every box that has come in from our community is going to go into the hands of a missionary somewhere around the world, and they're going to open up the box, and they're going to give these gifts out, and then they're going to give them the greatest gift, Jesus Christ. Amen? So uh, what a joy it is and a privilege for us to be a part of this. Now, you're still collecting boxes till 4 o'clock today? Yeah, and then until 1 o'clock tomorrow. And then until 1 o'clock tomorrow. So if uh, you don't have any more empty boxes, correct? But if you go get a shoe box and fill it up or go, Hobby Lobby has those boxes. So you can buy a plastic bin in Hobby Lobby and... I'm sure Hyper Lobby has other stuff you can put in there too, right? So uh, just uh, just if you want to bring them back, you can be back here till 4 or to 11 to 1 tomorrow, okay? And then from here it goes on to the next location where it goes into a bigger container and it goes through a long process to get overseas to where they're going to be going. But we have been in touch with actual missionaries who have used these and they are bringing people to Jesus with them. Isn't that awesome? Let's thank our great God. What a great God we serve, all right? So, Deb, I'm just going to pray and thank God for, uh, for all that he's done with our church in impacting the globe, all right? Father God, we thank you so much, Lord, for all that you've done today. Uh, I thank you for the, the fact that there are over 800 boxes. Maybe we'll hit 1,000 boxes out there onto that truck, Lord, that you've used the people of Crossroads in our community, Lord, as we've all come together uh, with a mission in mind to, uh, to not just uh, give kids a treat, to not just meet a physical need, but to see the greatest need ever taken care of in Jesus Christ. So, Lord, I pray that you will do great and mighty things in our life, in our community. And, uh, Lord, thank you for people like Debbie and Raj. Lord, as Deb and Raj have stepped up and they have just uh, just made a difference, Lord. They, they've given of their time. They've given of their talent. They've given of their treasure. And so, Lord, thank you for their faithfulness. They are an incredible um, model for all of us, Lord, to, uh, to be followers of Christ as they follow Christ. And so, Lord, we ask your blessing now, Lord. We dedicate every box on that truck. We dedicate that, uh, this entire process to you. And, Lord, we ask that there will be little kids in, in Ecuador and Haiti and Jamaica, all around the world, Lord, where people will, will open these things and they will, they will find a Savior because somebody in Pittsburgh cared and prayed over their box. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Let's thank God. All right, thank God. Today, uh, we're going to be talking about gratitude in troubled times. And uh, I would say we're in troubled times, wouldn't you? I would say we have faced some of the, the most troubling of times. 2020 has been the year that a lot of us would like to say, well, we'll just go back and start at 2019 again, right? And many people are trying to go back and they're, they're trying to overcome the things of yesterday. 
overcome this pandemic, overcome economic problems, overcome great divisions that have happened everywhere. And, and then we come to this topic of gratitude. Well, how are, how are we supposed to be people of gratitude in the midst of these catastrophic problems? Like in the middle of all of these troubling times, how am I supposed to be a person of gratitude? And may I share with you today that gratitude in troubled times is absolutely necessary. It's like it's so important that we understand that gratitude is a key element of the Christian life. As a, as a follower of Jesus Christ, he has, he's called us to be people of gratitude, people that will give thanks to him and to bless his name when things are good and when things are bad. But the question becomes how? How do I do that? And so we're going to look here this morning at a passage. This is Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. And we're going to be, uh, if you have your Bible, you can turn there or you can follow along on the screens. Um, this is, this is so important, and as I saw this, I said, man, there's some powerful things here. This is a passage. What, what happened? The Apostle Paul would write these letters. The letter of Colossians was to the church at a town called Colossae. And so he wrote these letters, and, and he, as he's writing this letter, he's, he's giving all these instructions. And earlier on in chapter 3, he gives a lot of very practical advice for how to live a godly life. And then as he continues on, he says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body, and always be thankful. He says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. And when he, when he says that, that word rule there is, a, is an interesting word. The word rule there is, is taken from an athletic term. It's from the, it means the same word as an umpire. Do you remember those days whenever you went and you were playing Little League softball and there was an umpire back there, you know? And uh, still, I, I went and saw a few high school games, the very few of them that, I, that you could see out at local fields this summer. But I'll never forget, you go out and you see the umpire and he's standing there, he's got his hands behind, behind his back, right? And he's, he's looking and he's looking for each ball and strike in that game, right? And as that baseball comes down, he calls it a strike and you say, no way, that was a ball. You know, did you ever do that? Like the most, con- the person who has the most contention at the game is not the player. You know, I went and saw Hunter. He was playing, and Hunter's up the bat, and I'll never forget that the umpire and, and you know me and Hunter's dad are sitting there we're like, oh, he can't see. You know what I mean? We, we we just yell at the umpire, right? We're like, there's something wrong with that umpire. Why? Because the umpire's the judge, and like you know, if the umpire, the umpire, he's the final say. So if the umpire says it was a ball, it was a ball. If it was a strike, it's a strike, regardless of what the what the player in the box said, right? If the batter in the box said it was a ball and it was a strike, it doesn't matter. It matters what the umpire said. And so God says here, let the peace of God be the umpire in your life. And folks, I have found that in our world, many people are going all over the place, and they are doing everything but this. They are not letting the peace of God be the umpire in their hearts. They're letting their emotions be the umpire in their hearts. Uh, others will let the, the circumstances of this world be the umpire in their hearts. And many people, as I said, 2020 has been extremely, extremely tough. Many people are coming along and they're saying, you know what? I want to go back to 2019. And if we just go back to 2019, then I can be happy. Then I'll be all right. And that's not what the Scripture says here. The Scripture says, let the peace of God roll in your heart. So, so let the umpire be the peace that comes from God, not if this pandemic ends. 
not if things change the way you want them to change. He says, let the peace of God change your heart. Let the peace of God rule. So as we've walked through this journey of troubled times, I'll tell you what, there's a reason to be thankful, and it's not because of all the negative things you're hearing and all the negative things that that are just constantly happening in our world. Yes, the truth is there are many negative things that are happening in our world, but let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let Him be the umpire. And you know, when you understand the peace of God, it's like, okay, God, I'm with you. You are in charge. I'm getting peace from you. He says this, when you let the peace of God roll in your hearts, to which also you were called into one body, he gives us a little hint here about unity. The body of Christ, he says, listen, when the peace of God's rolling in your heart, you're going to be at peace with the body. You're going to be at peace with his people. So these are the people of God. And as we come and we understand this, we are now at peace with each other. Does that mean that we always agree with each other? No. As a matter of fact, I think that the body of Christ is filled with so many, uh, so many uh, room for disagreement. I, when you think about this, uh, quite often the Apostle Paul would refer to, to this concept of the body, that we, the church is a body. So you have the head and you have the feet. You have the hands. And so as you, as you look at the body, do you realize that the point of view from my eyes, from the head, as the point of view from my toes are two different places, right? Two different points of view. And sometimes as, as, as I'm walking, do you ever get up in the middle of the night and you stub your toe? You know? It's because it's dark and your eyes didn't help your feet too much, right? It's like you get up and you stub your toe and all of a sudden your, bo- your whole body has the point of view of your foot. Ah! Right? And so, so this is what happens in the body of Christ. Sometimes there are disagreements and we're just humans. We're working together. And God says, let the peace of God be the umpire, not your emotions. Not, not even how you feel. Let God's peace be that umpire. And, and this is what he's called us to do. And then he says, always be thankful. And, and so... You know what? I have found that this is truly the prescription for gratitude right here, to, to let the peace of God, because if the peace of God is not ruling in my heart, I'm not too thankful. How can I be thankful? Um, I don't live in too much harmony whenever I'm not letting the peace of God rule on my, rule on my heart. Uh, my lips, there's no way that my lips will ever be thankful whenever I'm shredded inside. James said a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. He's he's just tormented. So what happens is if I'm going to the circumstances of this world for my peace, for the ruling of my heart, I'm going to be double-minded. I'm going to be tormented. I'm going to be shredded because these are all so unstable factors out there. And always be thankful. What he's telling us here is that true gratitude is essential. For a follower of Jesus Christ, and that's the first point if you're taking notes there, true gratitude is essential. We've heard that word essential all over the place. Well, I'll tell you what, every follower of Christ, this is essential. Like, we cannot live our life without gratitude. And as you think of all the, the, uh, the things of the Bible, you think of the words of Jesus, you think of all the teachings and all the things that we should be doing in our life, many times we come to gratitude and we go, oh, that's, that's just down here. And, and, oh, yeah, that's kind of a thing that we do in our country around November and towards the end of November. But, but listen, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something that is, is life-changing, that is transformational. 
Look what he continues on here. He says in verse 16, he says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching, and in admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Now, this is very interesting. He says, he says, what is it that's going to help you? He says, always be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. This is how you get to be that thankful person. Uh, you let his word dwell in you richly. What happens quite often is people let other things dwell in them richly. We dwell on this negative things. We dwell on this disagreement. We dwell on our differences. God says, no, 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 no. You don't dwell on those things. You dwell on him. Uh, let it dwell in you. That same word for dwell is the same word from tabernacle. In the Old Testament, there was a word for tabernacle, and it meant this is where God dwelt, where he lived. And he says, let the word of God, let the message, let the good news of Jesus, let that dwell in you with an abundance. Let it be overwhelming in all wisdom. So let it affect you. Like, like when, whenever the, the word of God is dwelling in me, it affects all of my decision-making. It affects everything. It's the wisdom in all wisdom and all teaching and admonishing one another. Now, this is very interesting. He says to teach and to encourage. The word admonish, to build up. Build one another up in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Now, this is, this is kind of wild here because as he's encouraging, he says, you are going to sing the positive things. You, it's going to transform you. When you are truly thankful, when you come and you have a truly thankful heart, your, your life is transformed and it transforms your speech. Quite often through the Bible, we see this idea, do not gossip, do not hold bitterness, do not be angry and sin not, do not go on all these things, right? And every time, you'll see this over and over, he says, but be thankful. Have a heart of thanksgiving. Let his praise be on your lips. Thank him. So what happens is, and when the word of Christ is dwelling in you, this transforms us. And he says, teaching and encouraging one another with psalms, well, if you take your Bible and you go read the book of Psalms, you're going to find out that those were actually songs that they sang. It was the Psalter and, and the, the, the Psalms. They, would, they recorded them down. There were songs of ascent and songs of descent, songs that they sang on their way to, to Jerusalem for their annual pilgrimage to Jerusalem for, for Passover, and whenever they, they would sing them on the way there, and songs of descent, songs that they would sing on the way back. Um, he says you're going to sing not just those you're also going to sing hymns, uh, songs that, that somebody else has written a while back. You're going to sing hymns. You're going to sing spiritual songs, singing with grace. Now, this is the key, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And this is the key here, folks. When we come into church on Sunday, you know, it's so easy. And I think the American church at large, across our country, we have fallen into this trap that we've gotten into the mechanics. We teach and we sing these hymns and spiritual songs. But may I share with you what makes worship? What makes worship is this, Christ dwelling in you. Music is not necessarily worship. Now, I'm thankful for our musical team. Can we thank God for our musical team up here? We appreciate them. We love them. 
They, they do a fantastic job. But I'll tell you what, if we're just coming in and we're saying, well, this is what churches are doing everywhere, and we, and we should be just doing that, and, and this is the latest song, and this and that, and, or this is the old hymn, and, and this is the way we're singing it, and we're singing this old song. Listen, if we're not letting the Word of Christ dwell in us richly, it's not worship. It's just music. And you say, well, how can that be? Well, God's giving us the, the prescription here. He says, listen, let his heart, worship, let, let it worship, let, let him dwell in you richly. Let the message of Jesus dwell in you richly and in all wisdom, encouraging one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Listen, we've gotten really good at the dynamics down here. God says, don't forget this part first. So I want to encourage you. Because this isn't something that's just for Sunday. Can you imagine if God said, yeah, I'll see you next Sunday. <laughs> and then you went golfing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, listen, God says, I'm with you every day. And I want you to let the Word of God dwell richly in you every day. And I want you to sing because once the heart has changed, once, the, once you're letting the good news, the message inside of you, you will be a person of thanksgiving. You will sing with a thankful heart. And so when you come in and you're singing uh, to the Lord, let the Word of God dwell in you richly. As you sing, let those be a response to the goodness of God. And, and listen, you, you know, the, we don't need teaching to be worship. He says here to teach. We don't need music to worship. We need the Word of God dwelling in us to worship. And when you start there, it's an overflow. One is I do what I see out here. The other is an overflow. And this is really hard because we only know what we see. Years ago, I went on a, on a missions trip with a bunch of junior high students. And, and I'll never forget, there was a, a girl over here, and she was sitting on a, a cross. Our youth group was over here, and a girl with her youth group was over there. And I'll never forget, she got on her knees, and she was crying. And I was like, why can't our kids do that? And then I was like, wait a minute. All I wanted them to do was to act like somebody else. That's not what God's looking for. He's looking for your heart. And so I made, a, I made the mistake of thinking, wow, she may be really close to God. Well, that doesn't mean anything. We just saw an outward appearance. And so God says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching, admonishing, encouraging one another with these songs, with these spiritual hymns. And I'm thankful in our church we sing them all, aren't you? Let's thank God for that today. I'm thankful we sing them all. We sing, you know, uh, half the psalms, uh, and I'll tell you, there, there's a psalm that... that uh, I don't know. I may be sharing it today here. <laughs> it all depends on time, right? There, there's, there's a psalm that, we, that I, every time I read it, all I can do is think of the song. And I, and I go to there. Music has a powerful ability in our life, but it's got to be more than the surface level. It has to start at the heart. This is where gratitude comes from, folks. And, and so this week I, I went through and I asked a number of people about the challenges to gratitude. And I said, what are your challenges to gratitude? What, what is it? You, I know you want to be thankful, but what are the challenges to gratitude? And I'm just going to share with you a few of the challenges that, that some people share with me. As they are have, wanting a thankful heart, these are some of the challenges that they have to gratitude, all right? Uh, seeing the disadvantage of their kids right now. 
Um, schools are being shut down. Um, life is not normal. Uh, all these things that are happening in the world, they're not having a normal experience in third or fourth grade as they had. And so this is very challenging to them right now. And, and that's legit. This is, this is, this is challenging. Uh, they don't know how to take care of their kids. They don't know what to do for their kids. They're trying, uh, but it's, it's a very frustrating moment in their life. I talked to somebody in their 50s. They said that, uh, that they are really uh, challenged with uh, their challenge to gratitude is the fact that nobody appreciates them. Nobody ever expresses their gratitude. People may appreciate them, but nobody expresses their gratitude towards them. Uh, few people actually express their gratitude in the world that we have today. If you get a note from somebody that says thank you, you cherish that note, don't you? Like, like I, I get notes all the time. People, and I have a, I have been saving them. Many people have been encouraging us here at the church and just saying thank you. And I save every one of those thank you cards since the beginning of the pandemic. We have people that are joining us right now online that, uh, that, that we love dearly, that, that have not yet returned yet, and just being an abundance of caution. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, we love them dearly. And, and they send us thank you notes. And I want you to know, folks, those, those things, we cherish them. And so we, we put them in the file. But it's a challenge to gratitude whenever you may feel like, you know, you ever heard that word, it's a thankless job? You know, maybe as a mom or a dad, you say, well, it's a thankless job. I just work and work and work. It's a thankless job. Um, in our families, this is a challenge to gratitude. Somebody in their 70s shared this with me. They said that they, they see that uh, now that they are in their aging years and they remember whenever they were sharing in the church big time like they were working they remember back the days whenever they helped in children's ministries and they could do many things around the church and i mean they gave their heart and soul here and then as they age and they said that many people that are in their zone are are challenged with this gratitude challenge because they feel like they've been left out like you remember all the golden days but now all of a sudden nobody even knows your name and and, and maybe you just kind of feel like life is passing you by. And so um, other, somebody else told me in their 40s, they said that uh, the challenge of, uh, of raising a family, you know, dealing with difficult family issues and, and not enough quality time for husband and wife. You're, you're, you're raising teenagers. And listen, that's, that's not an easy period of life. If, you know, those of you with little kids, your day's coming. Like, it's, it's just a big change out there. And it doesn't mean that it's bad. It just means it's challenging. Uh, and it's wonderful. I, I thought the teenage years were wonderful years for our family. And, uh, but they're, they're like busy years. You're running nonstop. Um, other people told me that social, social things, things that, uh, man, they had a friend at one point, uh, and now they're no longer friends, and friends have divided, and we're living in a world that's just totally divided today, and people are dividing over things that, that wow, like there's not a, not a disagreement zone. Like it's like, man, it's just a lot of anger, and some people are feeling that out there. Um, Another person told me that they, they are working so hard right now. Like, they feel like they're working harder than ever. I, you know, I get it right now. We have a lot of people that are working from home. And, and that, this is very challenging to work from home. You, you were used to a whole life that went out and you had multiple interaction. Now you have a husband and wife maybe that may be both working at home. That's a challenge. Like, all of a sudden, you know, 
I, I remember hearing like as as guys would retire and their wife would say, "Oh man, I don't know what to do with them home all the time now, right?" Uh, now I'm hearing that because both husband and wife are home all the time, and and it's like, "Hey, can you quiet that down? I'm trying to I'm trying to do a Zoom meeting over here, you know." And and so we have all this tension that's happening in our world right now, and so these this is why it's so important to let the peace of God be the umpire. There's so much instability. And in troubled times, we come back and we say, all right, I'm going to have a heart of gratitude towards God. He continues on, verse 17. He says, whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. There it is. He keeps coming up, coming back to this give thanks. Give thanks. It's an action, folks. I have to give thanks to God. Whatever you do, and I want to encourage you, um, to whatever you do, do it in word or deed, whether you're saying something, and, and the modern Ken Barner translation is whether you're posting something, um, whether you're Instagramming, Twitter or something, twitting, whatever you're doing out there, uh, you insta-twit it and you have a ball, but whatever you insta-twit, do it in the name of the Lord. I want you to think how Jesus would have insta-twitted. Would he have been in your face at the opposition? No. He never was. Ever. The only people he got in the face of was the religious leaders. And please don't do that to me. <laughs> don't insta-twit me, Right? Listen, uh, Jesus, Jesus, listen, do everything in the name of Jesus. Give thanks to God the Father through him. Listen, you cannot be an angry soul. You cannot be an angry person and give thanks to the Lord. The two are incompatible. And here's why you're angry. Because the peace of God is not the umpire. You see, when, when we get angry out there, whether it's social media or social in the hallway or, or non-social, whatever, you're anti-social, whatever, okay? Whatever we do, we do it in the name of Jesus and let the peace of God rule. And we give thanks to God. Gratitude must invade our lives. This is not something that's for nice little platitude things that happen around, around, uh, around Thanksgiving. There are going to be all kind of memes come up. and you know, it, Gratitude is something that has, God has called us to invade our lives. And gratitude makes a follower of Christ truly happy. And that's in your notes if you're filling in the blanks. Gratitude makes a Christ follower truly happy. You know, the happiest people that you know are people that are filled with gratitude. Because the umpire, the God, the peace of God is the umpire of their life, not the circumstances of the world. Not their job, not their family, not anything that can change, but the peace of God. And I'll tell you what, I've gotten around a number of people that, uh, that have the peace of God and are letting the peace of God rule in their life. Um, I shared with you this morning, I'd like for you to pray. Uh, actually, I shared in the first service, I'd like for you to pray for the Baker family, Wade and Nancy, 
Uh, Nancy lost her dad this week. She went on to, he went on to be with the Lord. And, um, and, you know, many of you have been praying for Nancy's dad. You know Nancy through her Bible study, and she's uh, typically a big part of the, the ministry here at the church. And, and they've been laying low for a little bit as they're, they're grieving, and they're, they're, they've been going through this journey. And I wanted to encourage you to pray for them. But I'll tell you what, when you get around Wade and Nancy, I see people that are grieving, but I see people that are truly happy because they're thankful. And in the midst of this, this, this grief, and I've watched that. I was just with a number of families in recent days that, that, are, that are following Christ, and they, are, they have hearts of gratitude. And while they are in pain, and, and there's tears. Don't get me wrong. You lose a loved one. There's tears. You're still thankful. And so in the difficult season, you can be thankful because you're, you're the umpire of your life, the, the balls and the strikes are being called by the peace of God and not by your emotion, not by your reaction to the life's events. As a matter of fact, this is so, this is so powerful here. The Scripture tells us here in Psalm 103, verse 2, and I'd like for you to, to just catch this. This is so powerful. He says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Don't you love that word, benefits? Like God says, I want you to praise him, but don't forget the benefits of God. There are so many benefits of God. You go out and you apply for a job, the, one of the first things you want to know is, what are the benefits? Like, I, I'm happy that you're happy at work and that like you're going to enjoy whatever you do is at work, but... The key question comes up is, what are the benefits, right? What, why should I do this? And God says, I tell you to praise because of who I am, but let me just remind you, don't forget the benefits. He continues on, and he lists them. He forgives all your sins and heals your diseases. Number one, he forgives your sin. This is the greatest reason for gratitude. In the midst of the pandemic, if I'm going to let the peace of God rule, it has to start here. I've got to remember that I have been forgiven of my sins. He who forgives your sins, he heals all your diseases. He continues on. He says, he who redeems. So first we see your sins are forgiven. He redeems you from the pit. Think of the pit. Think of Joseph in the pit. And how God redeemed him, right? He says he redeemed you from the pit, from those circumstances. He redeems you to him. He redeems you from all lostness. And he crowns you. Now, this is powerful. I love that word. He crowns you. You are a royal. You are royal. You are the sons and daughters of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he crowns you with what? Not with jewels, but with his love. And his compassion. So he forgives our sins. He redeems. He crowns. Verse 5. He satisfies your desires with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Oh, folks. I want to encourage you today to remember the benefits of God. When you remember the benefits of God... You will be thankful. And yes, the world will be unstable. And I want to share with you that uh, while we're thinking of the troubled times that we're in today, I want to share with you that I've been following God for over 40 years. And, and as I started that journey with God, 
I can tell you there's been troubled times after troubled times after troubled times. Some of them were family troubled times. Some of them were economic family times. Some of them were health, uh, health problems. And, and the list goes on and on. So today, wherever we are at, we've got to be remembering that the benefits of God. This, I have got my eternal life has been secured. I will be with God forever and ever. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. Let's read it aloud. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Folks, as you're looking at the life circumstances, this is what must guide our life. We've got to come back, and this is the beginning of this. This is the beginning of gratitude. It's to get in touch with God. And when you start this life of gratitude with God, you will all of a sudden respond to Him because you understand what He has done for you. You know, this life is short. Oh, there's a lot of problems in it, but this life is short. I met a lady a few weeks ago. She was 100 years old. Can you imagine that? You turned 100 years old. And I said to her, I said, uh, man, that's quite a feat. Did, uh, you know, did you do anything special? She goes, oh, yeah, the newspapers, they came and they did interviews on me. She goes, you know what's even more cool is my sister's 104. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I said, do you still drive? <laughs> she goes, oh, honey, I gave that up at 94. <laughs> and I want you to catch this because even if you made it to 100, Man, Good Morning America will be coming to interview you, right? Uh, it'll be, you, you'll be a, a celebrity for a while, six minutes. And, and then we still have eternity. And everything in this world changes. And so the life is short. James says it's like a vapor. God says, I have given you eternal life. And I want you to remember the benefits of God. This right here, my friend, is the benefit of God. And so as you start there, the next week we're going to go on, we're going to take this a little bit deeper into gratitude. But listen, this is so much more than the pilgrims and the turkey. This is, this is so much more than what you normally do this time of year. It's about starting here. And I want to take you to there today. Would you come to Jesus Christ, remember the benefits of God, and it will change your life. Let's close in prayer. As we close today, I want to take you to Christ, and I want to invite you to trust Jesus. You know, the world is upside down. Circumstances are crazy. But Jesus died on the cross, and he paid for your sins so that, so that you will have eternal life and so that you can have the God of peace, so that the peace of God will be the umpire in your life. So I want to, I want to take you there this morning and and, and if you're a believer, you're a follower of Jesus Christ, can I ask you just to meet with God right now? And, and, and just surrender to Him and say, God, I'm so sorry. I've been, I've, been, I've been letting other things be the umpire in my life. I've been letting my emotions be the umpire in my life. I've been reacting to the, to the world around me, and, and, and I've even been trying to be the umpire in my life. God, I want, I want the peace of God in my life, and I want you to be that umpire. So just meet with him right now. 
And, and if you haven't trusted Jesus, you haven't started that relationship with God, this is where it all begins. He died on the cross and he paid for your sin. Would you respond to him and just pray to him something like this? Just call on him right now. Just say, dear God, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. You died on the cross and you paid for my sin. You came back to life again for me. And Lord, I invite you into my heart and soul right now. God, I need you. Father God, be with each person in this place, each one who's joined us online. God, create in us a, a, a true response to your goodness, a true response to the benefits of God. Uh, Lord, please, we ask that you allow this to invade our life, that, that we will not be the angry people. We will not be the people looking at circumstances for our joy, but that we'll be coming to you, and that peace that you give us will be that umpire, that you'll call the shots in our life, and we'll have great opportunities to thank you over and over and over because you're so good to us god thank you and lord as we start this journey of uh, of gratitude i just pray that you'll you'll be with us and encourage us and 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 enjoy the sweet savor of the thankfulness from your people in your name we pray amen i want to invite you on on this Wednesday to join us, we're going to have the Lord's table up here. It'll be from 7 o'clock to 8. We'll be done in an hour or so. And I uh, would like to invite you to be here. We're just going to sing some songs. We're going to just give thanks to the Lord and have the Lord's table. It's uh, Some people said this is one of their favorite times of the year. And uh, one of the favorite times that we actually gather together and just praise the Lord. So I want to encourage you to do that. Stop by, see Beth DePietro in the foyer. Uh, if you can help if you can help put up Christmas lights and all that type of stuff. They're having a work day this Saturday and the next couple Saturdays. They're going to make this thing good out there. That is going to be awesome, folks. It's going to end with a live nativity out there. So it'll be a drive-by event. Put the word out to all your friends and family in the, in the community. They won't get anything through the car window, okay? They, the, they, won't get, they won't even catch the flu through the car window. So I want to encourage you to have them drive by up there for that. And uh, God bless you. You are dismissed. All right, have a great day. Thanks for joining us.
as my eyes close and mind awakes, no words come to fill the space, cause words, they don't do your power much justice, it's too great, too great to be bound by little letters we make up, and it's funny that we sometimes think we understand the fullness of your glory by calling you this and that, but the reality is that we can't fully comprehend how you can be all of who you are. I'm supposed to do.